Faith is one of the most exciting subjects to study in the Bible because in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23, God tells us that all things are possible to him who believes. This means we have hope. It means we don't have to be slaves to our circumstances because we can develop our faith and release the miracle power of God into our lives. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Be Healed podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and I'm excited you've joined me to listen to part two of how to develop great faith. I want to encourage you to follow or subscribe to the Be Healed podcast. This way you'll get notified of new episodes that are published weekly. Okay, let's get ready to build our faith. In part one of our series of Building Great Faith, we talked about the first two ways or critical things needed to develop great faith. The first key was that we needed to take our eyes off of our doubt. There's a great tendency of people to want to study or analyze their doubt, why they're doubting, how they're doubting. But that's not fruitful for building great faith. What's fruitful and very effective is simply to focus on developing faith because as your faith is growing, your doubt is automatically diminishing and departing. So very important to take an offensive and an active step towards saying, I'm going to develop my faith. The second key we looked at was the need to hear the word of God. And we described that this is the key of all keys. It's where faith comes from. The Bible says in Romans 10 verses 14 to 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes, it may seem too simple to some, but it's wonderful that as you read the Bible, as you meditate on the living word of God, as you hear his voice through the pages of the Bible, he's communicating to you. His mind is being imparted to you. And literally, literally, I have experienced as I'm meditating on the word of God, the power of God filling me, overwhelming me, and my faith begins to get impacted and overwhelmed along with it. It's at these times that my mind and the Word of God have become one, that great faith is operating. And we've seen this happening in conferences, in church services, in one-on-one counseling sessions, or in small groups in our house churches. It doesn't matter where, but whenever the believer's mind is put on the word, faith begins to build up. In fact, our normal method of ministry is to minister the word knowing that it will produce faith and then ministering the promise or the miraculous power of that word. And so it's so thrilling to see 
people walking into a room bent over and burdened and sick and in pain. And one by one, we've seen demons leaving people. We've seen sicknesses departing from people. We've seen limbs growing, deaf ears opening, locked jaws and things like that completely leaving, neck problems, back problems. Oh, I remember the one time a man was on disability and he felt his entire spine, all the discs just snap back into place in a moment of time. The word of God creates faith and faith releases the ability for someone to receive their miracle. Now, in this episode today, we're going to be looking at Abraham. And the reason is because Abraham is the father of faith. We can't speak about faith without speaking about Father Abraham. In Romans chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, it reads, And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Well, the book of Romans that the Apostle Paul wrote, this letter, this epistle that he wrote, was describing that Abraham walked in true faith. And he was describing that he was going to be the father of both the Jew and the Gentile as it related to faith, because faith is where righteousness gets imparted or imputed. Yes, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So it was by faith that Abraham received the beautiful promise of God. So when we're looking at Abraham, it makes sense to say, well, what happened in this man's life that he was able to develop such great faith? Now, in the beginning of Abraham's life, we see him respond to God. We see him respond with faith. But even his beginning faith was not like the faith that he cultivated during his lifetime. So let's go to the backstory a little bit, and we can see the promise that God gave to Abraham. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 6. Now, I'd just like to take a moment, actually, because I give a lot of Bible references as I give these teachings and these encouragements. And even though for some, it may be uh, sounding a bit tedious, the reason why I do it and will continue to do it is because we need to know that the teaching is coming from the Word of God and not from man's reason. It also is necessary because you can then go back to the Scripture and read it, study it, meditate on it, and get the faith from it after you listen to the podcast. So these podcast messages are to direct you to the Word so that you can stand, you can believe, and you can overcome and be healed. All right, let's go. Genesis chapter 17, 
verses 1 through 6. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. This is an encouragement and another way God is expressing his faithfulness to achieve and to accomplish a promise that he made to Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. And God is encouraging and reaffirming that he is making a covenant with him that he will make him a father of many nations. Now, it's important to understand that God has not given Abraham a son yet. Before God gave Abraham a son, he gave him a promise. Let me tell you today that before you have a healing, you have a promise. The promise always precedes the provision. Because God is a God who operates according to covenantal promise. So first, he makes covenant, and then he fulfills his covenant. You see, God is faithful. When he heals your body, he is being faithful to his promise. He is not just haphazardly moving from one person to the next. He is actually fulfilling what he has already spoken. And listen to how God says it to Abraham. Though Abraham does not have a son yet, he says in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 17, he says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Now, that is future tense. You shall be a father of many nations. Verse 5, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now, isn't that awesome? Did you catch it? You see, he first says in verse 4, you will be, you shall be a father of many nations. But verse 5, he changes his name. He says, you shall no longer be called Abram. But he says that your name will be Abraham. Now, Abram literally translated means father, but Abraham means father of many nations. So he's describing, I have made you a father of many nations. From God's perspective, this means that he's already done it. You see, when God promises something, it's finished, it's done, because when he speaks it, it must come to pass because he is faithful. Now, Abraham's reaction to this initially is very similar to our reaction when we hear about God promising to do the supernatural thing. 
Though God gave him the promise and the word that he was going to have a son, the first thing that Abraham did was he thought naturally. He first said, well, I have this servant in my house, Eliezer, so let him be the heir. Secondly, he said, well, okay, God, I still don't have a son yet, so I will sleep with my wife's servant, Hagar. She had Ishmael, but in both cases, God said, no, I'm not giving it to Eliezer. I'm not giving it to Ishmael. I'm going to give you a son through Sarah. So let's go to Genesis chapter 17 and look at verse 15. It says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. The Bible says in verse 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. You see, Abraham did not readily receive this word that God had, this promise that God had, because it fought his reason. He was fighting with his reason. He was fighting with natural knowledge. God was giving him a supernatural promise that was above all natural power, but Abraham was fighting with natural law or what normally would happen in the natural. Well, the Bible also tells us that when Sarah heard about this, that she also laughed. You can find this in Genesis chapter 18. And it says in verse 12, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord even spoke to Abraham and said, why did Sarah laugh? You know, it's so powerful what God says to this reaction in verse 14. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? What a powerful question. I'd like you to think about this question right now. I'd like you to think about the problem that you're going through, the pain that you may be experiencing, the difficulty that you're having, the the trouble in your life. And I'd like you to answer this question because God is asking us, is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, in both cases, Abraham and Sarah, when they laughed and they thought these things, It was in their heart. It was in a hidden place. And so frequently people are hearing the promise of God, hearing the word of God, and we laugh inside of ourselves. We we on the outside say, oh, yes, amen. Yes, absolutely. But on the inside, we may be asking questions like, really? I don't know. I don't know if that's real. Is God really going to do that? I don't know if miracles are for today. Mm, That never really happens. And we laugh. But again, 
I'll ask the question that God asked in verse 14 of Genesis chapter 18. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, if you believe that God is the creator, if you believe that he is above all, that he is sovereign, if you believe anything accurate about God, you've got to respond and say, Lord, nothing is too hard for you. You see, it's this struggle that we have between the natural and the supernatural that we fail to receive what God wants to do. We have to override, overcome, and we literally have to disconnect from that struggle that natural law, we think erroneously, is greater than spiritual promise. Spiritual promise, in fact, is always greater than natural law. This is awesome. This is a powerful key to get in your life that God framed the worlds with his word. He created the world with his word. When God speaks a word, it does not matter what natural fact or uh, factor or difficulty is there. When God speaks, consider it done. The Bible says in Psalm 119, it says that God's word is settled in heaven. Oh, let that which is settled in heaven be settled in your mind on the earth. That when God says that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. It doesn't matter how long you've suffered. It doesn't matter what the doctor has said. When God says you are healed, then you are healed. There are people who first wait for all the natural circumstances to align so that they can believe. But is that faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith sees what God says. In other words, first you hear the word, then you will see it if you believe it. In Romans chapter 4, we come to this amazing reality that when we no longer think naturally, when we grab a hold of the hearing of God's word, the breakthrough is coming. I'm going to say that again. You don't have to hold the facts of the natural realm as being preeminent. You can hold the word of God as being preeminent, first, foremost, primary. Let's look at what happened to Abraham. We're going to go all the way to the New Testament as it's teaching us this principle in Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 4. We're going to begin with verse 18. It says, Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. That's talking about Abraham. It says contrary to hope, in hope believed. In other words, in opposition 
to natural hope, he believed in supernatural provision. His hope was in God's promise, in God's covenant. In verse 19, it says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Let's go back. Verse 19. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Well, I hope you're receiving this because Abraham considered not the natural circumstances that were stacked against him. Abraham decided to consider what God said before he considered the oldness or the age of his body. He did not any longer consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. She's in her 90s. For a woman in her 90s to have a child means that it is a supernatural provision. I not too long ago got a phone call from a Christian woman who I was able to pray for about a year ago. And she called me to give testimony that during one of our meetings, we were praying and we were able to pray and uh, bring her to the throne of God and spoke to her about that baby. And my goodness, that woman got pregnant and that woman had her child and she called me elated and happy. Wow, God did it. God was faithful. The doctor said no, but God said yes. Let me encourage you today. When God says yes, it doesn't matter if the doctor said no. You see, it's time to no longer consider the symptom. Don't look, don't consider the natural. Don't consider the diagnosis in the natural. Consider what God said. Stop considering the things that are against you in the natural and consider the word of God. Faith will arise in you in great proportion. It resulted in Abraham having action that was also based on faith. In other words, Sarah's baby wasn't an immaculate conception. It wasn't a virgin birth. Abraham had to act and become physically intimate with Sarah, even though they were older. In other words, faith doesn't just hear, it acts upon what it hears. And so this child was able to come forth because they believed God. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans, it says that this was not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to Abraham. But verse 24 says, but also for us, that it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. It's time to believe God. It's time to believe what he said. Your miracle is coming. Your miracle is breaking forth. 
as you decide, I will choose God's word over everything else. Will you declare it now? Will you say, God, I declare that nothing is too hard for you. Today is a new day, and I will saturate myself in thy word. You can pray to him, Lord, I want to hear your voice in my heart. Lord, I no longer want to tell you what can't happen. I want to hear you tell me what will happen and what is already done in your mind. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. And I speak forth, God, that the hearer of this message will come to believe you, will lay down our reason, lay down our human logic, Lord, I declare that we shall not lean on our own understanding, but shall trust in the Lord with all our heart. I want to tell you, don't be afraid of failing. Don't be afraid of God letting you down. Put all your trust in him. Put all your heart in him. Trust him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you will discover the healing power of God in your life. Come on, let's go for it. Send us your testimony as God is touching you, as he's blessing you. I speak forth that ailment, that sickness. Depart from them in the name of Jesus and be healed in the name of Jesus Christ now. Praise God. I know that he is faithful. I know that he is touching you. And I thank God for his faithfulness. May the Lord Jesus Christ continue to bless you. Saturate yourself in his word and allow him to develop your faith. So your faith becomes great faith. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.